Good morning. On this Saturday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you joined us yesterday, we were talking in the book of First, uh, Second Corinthians. Uh, First Corinthians in chapter 12, we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but not so much the gifts of the Spirit, but the manifestation. We had said that there were diversities of gifts, differences of administration, and there were uh, diversities of operations, but but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And the whole emphasis and the whole point being that the invisible God, the eternal God that cannot be known with the natural mind is made manifest through the physical mortal bodies of the Christian believer as the life of Jesus Christ is lived out through our lives his life is made visible we had made mention in John 14 that Jesus told Philip when Philip asked him well show us the father and Jesus says unto him Philip have I been so long with you yet uh, don't you comprehend yet that if you have seen me you have seen the father if you've heard me, you have heard the Father. Because Jesus and the Heavenly Father were one in union. So, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, because He is invisible, the only way that we can know that He is moving, that He's accomplishing and uh, bringing something forth in our lives, is when the manifestation of the gifts or the diversities of operations or administrations are taking place, there is to the seeing of the eye, the hearing of the ear, even sometimes to the feeling of the physical body, the things that are done by the Spirit of God are actually tangible to us as individuals. But this is done that He can manifest Himself through the physical bodies, physical lives, our lives here on this earth, so that we can behold and know the eternal God. And in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, uh, as we read in chapter 4, continuing with verse 14 onward, we actually had started with uh, verse 1 a little earlier. We're in verse 14. Uh, it'd do good to read... Uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 1, all the way through the end of the chapter, and then chapter 5. It says, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord, Jesus raised up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. Verse 15, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, rebound to the glory of God. And then this is where we get in verse uh, 16 and 17 and 18, what we were talking about. For which cause we faint not. We don't throw in the towel. We don't give up. We don't fail. But 
even though our outward man perish is talking to our physical body and the word there perish that he uses is ba- basically to rot thoroughly uh it means to ruin to decay it means to figuratively even pervert or corrupt uh destroy uh and perish and of course in the old testament we do find that all flesh had corrupted themselves uh and of course the flood during noah's time had to take place because man literally had corrupted his body there is a uh, uh one look at the book of genesis in chapter 6 and it talks about that uh noah had found grace in the sight of god and the bible says that he was perfect and the word perfect that is used there it was talking about his physical body in other words his his physical body hadn't been corrupted yet by all the perversion all the uh things that were taking place during the time of noah uh that had to be destroyed and of course we know from the story that only eight people were saved in the ark everybody else perished but not only had they corrupted themselves they had filled the earth with violence uh they lived lives of uh sexual perversion that literally uh, stunk all the way up into heaven and uh basically man his thoughts were only towards himself and towards uh evil continually so when the scripture talks about that we are outwardly perishing it it means the combination of many things that our physical body literally is wearing away daily they say the physical body is renewed every 7 years every single cell in our bodies has died and has been replaced by a new one so there is like a renewing but yet a perishing there's a defect that uh the new cells seem to be missing from the previous ones every 7 years and uh eventually we call that age man gets old physical body wears away and literally uh it's becoming rotten little by little to the point that eventually it does die but at the same time it says yet the inward man is renewed day by day so now it talks about not the outward man not the physical body but it is talking about the real you the real man that is the human spirit the hidden man of the heart that is the one that when we do die the body is dissolved but yet we continue to live and exist because of the spirit and the soul that has been given to man and those actually either go up into heaven now not in the time of Jesus or they go straight into hell uh to await the day of judgment it says for though the outward man perish yet the 
inward man, the man of the heart, the man that is on the inside, inwardly, he is renewed day by day. Just like our mind is supposed to be renewed in the book of Romans, the renewing of our mind, so the inward man is renewed. And this this is a process. The renewing takes place because every day as we live and walk by faith, as we live and walk by the Holy Spirit, as we live and walk by the Word of God, and by the living Word of God, not just the, the written uh, uh, and, and spoken, but by the living Word of God, we are being transformed and we are being changed on the inside by the Spirit of God, uh, little by little, as we are changed into the glory of God. We're changed into His glory, one Simple, and I'm going to do it spiritually, one simple cell at a time. So as the outward cells are perishing, the inward cells, of course, we don't have any cells, but uh, the best way to describe it, that we are being transformed. And of course, our soul is also being transformed by the word of God, according to James chapter 1, uh, verse 17, 18 onward, that we are being changed. And then Paul goes on to say the things that happen in our lives, our physical bodies, the things that happen to our soul, uh, all the afflictions and all the stress and, and, and pain and aggravation and, and all the persecutions and all these things that happen to us while we're still in these physical bodies, living in them, our Faith is being tested. Our lives are being tested so that it can come out as pure as gold. But Paul calls them in verse 17 for our light affliction. He calls it an affliction. An affliction basically is the word pressure. The pressures of life. And sometimes it can be in the form of anguish or it can be a burden that we're carrying. It can be persecution or it can be tribulation. Uh, it can be just simply trouble. Paul talked about being troubled on every side. For our light affliction, he considers it light when you compare it to eternity. It's, it's light. It's, it's nothing in comparison. Of course, to us, it may be overwhelming. It may be beyond our comprehension, beyond our capability, beyond our knowledge and understanding. But Paul said, our light of fiction, which is but for a moment. When looking at eternity and looking at that which is temporal, it is but a moment. If, if you were to look at one second compared to, let's say, 100 years that a person could live here on earth, a second is really nothing. But when you look at the entire span of our existence and life here on this earth, in light of eternity, it's like literally just a moment. 
It's nothing in comparison. So our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us or works worketh for us. In other words, it's to our advantage. Uh, if, if we could look at it at another way, think of something that was encased, something that was trapped in the inside of something else. And in the meantime, that thing is being tossed and shaken and uh Let's 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 think of it as being whether it's in in the sand or in the ocean, that thing is 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 being pressured by the waves as they sink it down. They push it up as it hits the bottom of the sand, and it like sandpaper. It grinds away at it a little bit, and it works a little bit to smooth it out to be able to release what's on the inside. Until finally, all those different afflictions and pressures finally work out so that what was inside is able to be released by the workings of the things on the outside. But here it says, which is but for a moment, and it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And when we talk about uh, weight here, uh, we're talking about basically the load, abundance, authority. Uh, it worketh an eternal authority in us of glory. There's something that is being worked out in us. It's just like Jesus. He didn't escape all the things that were here on this earth. He had to go through them. And in all the things that he went through, through obedience, he learned. And having learned, then of course he conquered. But it says, it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And when you think about it, at the moment it doesn't seem to be benefiting. It doesn't seem to be accomplish anything. But on the contrary, it seems to be more painful. It seems to be like, wow, I really don't need this added to my plate. I'm already overwhelmed. But yet it does work something out in us if we will allow the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and our faith as He works it and lives it out through us to be tested and come out better on the other side. Let me finish up with verse 18. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. You can only do that through faith. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Thank you for joining us. Until then, all this in Jesus' name, amen.